You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering Indiana women's basketball. This is our 78th episode overall, recorded on the evening of Tuesday, October 17th. Tonight, I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I am joined by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe, and we have another very special guest this week, Amanda Foster, returning again to the show. Nice to see you again, Amanda. Tonight, we will be giving an overview of two of the top projected teams in the Big Ten, tonight focusing on Maryland and Illinois. But as usual, we will start our show the way we start every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Jeff and Amanda, for me, I I think it's going to actually be today, where earlier today, the media and coaches' um, first AP, or excuse me, the first top 25 poll came out, and Indiana was ninth in both of them. So really fantastic. Starting out the year again as a preseason number 10 just top 10 just really shows again the strength of the program where they're at and where they've come from and how coach Morin and all of our players past and present have really gotten us to a nice stable place where now the expectations aren't simply being ranked but now we're starting to think top 10 all the time and that's where we're starting out the year once again and as always our banner moment is brought to you by home field apparel presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, which includes Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homesfield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line, so you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. They are constantly releasing new merchandise, so keep an eye on their website, their Twitter account, or wherever you follow them today. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you are also supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com, and if it's your first order, use our home our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's HOME23 for 15% off your first order. The website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. So before we jump into the the schools, and um, I thought we would first get a, a quick overview of the news. So um, some of the headlines since last Wednesday when we broadcast, Austin Rinder's live play-by-play has been moved to a different radio station, B97. This is really good news because it now avoids any conflicts with the men's broadcast it used to be on the same station. Um, if you like posters, they're out there and out for sale. And if you like the floating heads that much, you can also get them in T-shirts this year. Um, I mentioned already the AP poll where Indiana is number nine for both the coaches and the media. In terms of the other Big Ten schools in the AP poll, Iowa was number three, Ohio State seven, Maryland 14, a Stanford, one of our opponents, 15, and then Illinois number 23. On the coaches' side, very similar, Iowa number three, Ohio State 6, Maryland 11, Stanford 13, Michigan um, is tied at 25. And the last one is Sarah Scalia has been named to the preseason Ann Meyer Drysdale list, which is means she's one of 20 players being recognized as the top shooting guards in the nation. So, Amanda, let me start with you. First, maybe if you want to give us an update to let us know what you've been up to all summer, what you're looking forward to this year, and then pick a headline or anything I missed that you want to kind of talk about with Indiana women's basketball. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I have been very busy um, up to a lot over the summer and and coming back to school. Uh, Over the summer, I was working in the Cape Cod Baseball League out in Massachusetts. Um, I was a beat reporter and a sideline reporter for one of the teams there. Um, actually, the team that Kyle Schwarber played on when he was out in the Cape um, in the summer in between when he was at Indiana, which was super cool because everybody kept asking nice. me about like the connection to Indiana, which was really fun. Um, and that was a great time I was out there from June through August. Um, they played 44 games, and that was pretty much we had like a, maybe an off day a week. Um, so it was very busy, but it was really fun. It was super rewarding. I got to meet a lot of really cool people and tell a lot of really cool stories. 
um, which was great. And then since being back, I've kind of jumped around and covered a lot of different things with the main focus being basketball. That's basketball is obviously coming up. Um, Headline wise, I think you kind of covered the biggest things. Um, But the thing that stood out to me was Sarah Scalia being named to the to the watch list. I talked to her at Media Day a few weeks ago, and she emphasized that she's really been working on her confidence in her shots, because that was something that last year, I think everybody kind of picked up on at times where she wasn't super confident in like her three point shots. And it just didn't look, she didn't look like the player that everybody was expecting her to be. And so I think she's worked really hard to go back to that player that everybody saw at at Minnesota that was, everyone was so excited about her coming. So I'm really excited to see her this season. And I think it's a really big boost to her confidence that she's already gotten recognition for that before they've even started playing. Amanda, I got a couple questions. Actually, yeah. the first one's about the about the Cape Cod League. I'm just yeah. really interested in that because, first of all, Summer Catch is one of my favorite movies. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Wood Bat League, correct? Yes. And then, yes. secondly, the kind of the follow up with that. So, were you writing for a, one of the local papers, or what were you, you were a beat reporter? How were you? How was that working? Yeah. So I was writing for the team. Um, there's a website okay. that, like, all of the teams had their own websites with their own reporters and everything. So it was going out on the on the team website. And then my other question is more about Sarah Scalia, because you saying you were at media day and saw her, I've had a report and we may, and I think Kathy maybe even saw the same report that she is really, and Lenny Holmes kind of mentioned this, that we talked to Lenny over the summer, that she has really leaned out there. You know, I don't want to say thinned out because that makes it sound, you know, like she's really gotten skinny, but I, my, I understand she's kind of really thinned, you know, leaned out and she's really, it looks like she's in really good shape. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say, I don't, know if I necessarily picked up on that specifically like when I saw her it's like oh something looks like really different but it, it there definitely is I think a, a difference for a lot of the players um and you can tell that they've really been putting the work in over the summer yep, yep. how about you Jeff any of the headlines you want to touch on and add to I'm going to kind of go to one that, that, that and since Amanda mentioned, I was going to bring it up. Hey, we, we, unfortunately, we, or maybe I should say, fortunately, we don't talk football here very much. So, but, <laughs> but to get back to IU baseball a little bit, Kyle Schwarber set a major league baseball record last night when he hit his fourth career lead off home run. And so, you know, so I thought I'd bring that up here as a, you know, something besides, but I also want to say this headline, Kathy, I want your, I want to get your, um, Thoughts on this and also Amanda. I know Kathy's host, but I saw this yesterday or I think it was yesterday or earlier today. There was an article about um the or actually it was our friend Ari who wrote it. I believe it was our friend Ari who wrote it, that about the women's programs, especially in soccer and volleyball, who are kind of following along that model that Terry Morin has built because volleyball right now looks like they've got a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Women's soccer is, and women's soccer looks like they've got a real good chance to make the NCAA tournament. So just kind of your thoughts from both of you. First, Kathy, since you're the host tonight, I kind of ran over you on this, but just what you thought about that article from Ari and <clears throat> And what's your thoughts about how the women's programs at IU are really seem to be kind of coming together at least this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really fantastic. And boy, what, um, what a tribute I think to coach Morin as well. We always talk about coach Morin and in, in the context of what she's done for the women's basketball program, it's really interesting to hear how much influence it, she's had on all of the women's sports at Indiana. And, and I know that, um, Steve aired from the volleyball team specifically in an interview he did a couple of weeks ago, mentioned her specifically and how, you know, I, I don't know if I would use the word mentor, but that's how it felt like she was maybe mentoring him a little bit, even though they're different sports, but there are a lot of crossovers. And I think that what, you know, I've always heard the best form of, of flattery is when people try to duplicate or, or, or take what you do. And, you know, I think that just is such a good testament to how much coach Morin's influence is as a coach with the basketball program, with a, as a coach and mentor to her other assistants, but not just to basketball, but to all of the women's program. And, you know, her wide reaching impact, I think is just really going to, um, continue to add to her legacy. It was really a, just a great article by Ari too. So if you're there in our private community, you can definitely want to make sure to check that out. So kudos to Ari on that. Um, and, and it is interesting because yeah, you know, you always think of fall sports of the success of the men's soccer team and here our women's soccer and our women's volleyball are completely outshining them this year. So I just, I just think it's been really nice to see it and hopefully it's something that's sustainable for all of our programs. 
Amanda, I'll let you go now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, very, very similar sentiments. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, I covered the volleyball team my freshman year when they went like five and 15 in conference play because it was COVID and the team was all freshmen and they were really, really struggling. So it's been awesome to see them progress. And I have a, a good relationship with Coach Aird. I talked to him the other week about Cameron Hayworth and that was, he talked about talking about Terry, talking about her with Terry Morin and kind of comparing her to like a player like Mackenzie Holmes, who is able to like build the program and make it into something special, which I thought was really unique that he was able to connect with coach Morin on something as specific as just kind of getting this player from kind of out of nowhere. Like Mackenzie came from Maine and Cameron came from Indianapolis basically. And they've just become like the faces of these programs, which was super cool to hear about how he can kind of, you're right, have that like mentor relationship with Coach Moore. And I think having a team like the women's basketball team for all of these other athletes to look up to and just all of these other women in sports to look up to. And it's just, it's, it's super inspiring. I really like being a part of it because like as a student, you also kind of get that a little bit of a unique sense because the whole student body has also come behind these, like the women's, the, the volleyball team is they've sold out games and more people are going to women's soccer and obviously more people are going to women's basketball and so it's nice to see the entire community just recognize how talented all of these athletes are and how much they deserve to be recognized for how good they are mm. yeah. excellent excellent yep. point build a winning program and they will come right there you go <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Great, Jeff. I, I appreciate you um, throwing that out there. It was a good article. So, well, let's go ahead and segue into the, the bulk of our, our program for tonight, which is um, highlighting uh, Maryland and Illinois. And we'll start with Maryland and I'll give a quick overview maybe of kind of expectations of what um, where they're at coming into this year. And then, I don't know, Mar uh, maybe Amanda, if you want to kick us off and talk, talk about some of their key returners, and then um, we can just kind of go around the horn and give some thought on just the roster overall. But for Maryland, they are ranked preseason fourth in the Big Ten by the coaches and the medium. Um, in the ESPN two early um, ranking, they were number 13. And we already mentioned that in the coaches poll, they are number 11 and AP number 14. So right around that, you know, upper um, in the top 15 mark for sure. They did lose three of their starters for last year. That was the biggest thing for me when I was going through their roster in depth. Um, so they did definitely lose some of their starting power. But um, Amanda, maybe you want to talk about first, I, I would suggest Cheyenne Sellers, but any of the returning players that really jump out to you yeah no Cheyenne Sellers was the one she's the one that jumps out to me the most I think just because of the experience that she's bringing in and also kind of the the expectations that are going to be on her this season to kind of take on some of the load that that she's going to have to to take on because of the the starters that are are lost um she scored in double figures in 28 of the 35 games she played in last year and averaged almost 14 points and five rebounds and almost four assists per game. So she's very, she's a very well-rounded player as we all know, because we've seen her play. She's very, very talented. Um, and I think the big thing for her, I was reading on some, reading up on some articles and stuff, interviews she's done for preseason is that she, she knows what she's going to have to do, but she's also not going to try to change her game and make herself into a different kind of basketball player, which I think is a, a testament to just like her confidence in what she can do. And so that makes me really excited to see kind of how she's been able to progress and step into these shoes that she's going to have to fill with players like Diamond Miller and Abby Myers, you know, they're not around to score anymore. So someone else is going to have to step up and score. And I think she is very comfortable in taking on that role, which is exciting. Yeah, so that's probably um, something I should point out. I mentioned they, they lose three of their starters. The two that are probably most impactful, Diamond Miller, as you mentioned, she had, excuse me, averaged 29 minutes per game, just under 20 points per game and six and a half rebounds. And then Abby Meyer, who averaged 30 minutes per game and 14 points per, per game. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on Cheyenne Sellers coming back or any of the other players, how they're going to fill in for that kind of production from from... Um, Abby and Diamond in particular. 
Well, I think that's it's going to be a little bit of by committee. We talked a little bit about this week or this last week with Kyle that you know and about how I was going to have to replace like a Warnock and a Sonano um, from that standpoint. But I think a little bit of it'll be committee. But I think you're going to see some of those kids like Briggs, uh, Lavender Briggs, uh, Brene Alexander. They're going to up their scoring a little bit. They're going to you know they only got 22, 25 minutes a game, so they're going to get a few more minutes a game. They'll be a little more focused. Um, and and I'm not. I know there are some people out they're not quite sure about Maryland. I know everybody's kind of got them still in the top 15. I think a lot of it's based off reputation. And I will say that I think part of it is everybody, nobody's doubting Brenda Freeze. I think everybody thinks that at the end of the day, it may not show up early. And we're going to talk about their schedule. And Brenda Freeze not afraid to play anybody, but but it may not show up early. They may get off to a struggle start. I mean, they may everybody will be like, oh, what's wrong, with Maryland? What you know? And and by mid December, early January, middle January, all of a sudden they're going to be kind of hitting their stride, and everybody will start to see that you know, what Brenda's been able to you know is going to do with them. But um, I just don't think they have enough firepower to contend with the three teams we've really talked about so far with IU, Iowa, and Ohio State. Um, but would you? I wouldn't be shocked if any of the any or all three of those teams go to College Park and lose. You know, on a given night, it's just the way it is. Um, excuse me. And so they'll be dangerous at home. But um, yeah, and then the big thing was not only did they lose those two starters, like you talked about, two double digit scores. They also lost a couple transfers as well. The Reynolds girl from Indiana transferred back to Purdue. Now she she missed a big chunk of last year with some foot injury, ankle injury type stuff. But I think right now you're just kind of in a wait and see mode on what some of these kids are going to do. What some of these players, I should not call them kids, just actually my age. What these some of these players are going to do for Maryland. But I got a feeling Brenda, if Brenda Freeze has them on the roster, she likes them for a reason. And she, 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 to a certain degree, kind of like a Kim Mulkey, she's going to believe in the roster she's got and she's going to try, she's going to, you know, do whatever she can to build that roster up. Yeah. And yeah, so you mentioned, Jeff, uh, they lost a transfer. They also gained a transfer. So they do um, are bringing in Jakiah Brown Turner. She's coming to them from NC State. Um, she's a six foot grad student. She's a guard. Um, she did start all 32 games for NC State last year. Um, last year, she averaged nine points per game for them, four rebounds and 1.8 assists. So, Amanda, do you do you know anything about Jakiah or any thoughts on where she might fit in? Do you think she's going to take one of those starting spots or is it we just don't know quite enough about her coming from NC State to know where she might fit into the to the picture here? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about her specifically, but I can kind of make some assumptions, I guess, knowing about a little bit about her game and the fact that she is coming from a school like NC State. I would not be surprised if she takes on a starting role or like comes in very quickly off the bench because she clearly knows how to play under pressure and to play at the level that Maryland plays because that's also at the level that NC State plays at. Um, and I think with the way that she played so consistently with them and was able to score so consistently last year that she is going to be expected to take on a, a very decently big role with Maryland because they are kind of, not that they're trying to rebuild, but like they're going to reformat the way that they play because they have to. And so I don't see mm -hmm. why if you're Brenda Freeze, you're not going to try to bring a player like Brown Turner in and put her in one of those big spots because why else would you, why else would you get her up, pick her up, you know? <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jeff, I want go ahead, Kathy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Jeff, do you have anything else to add? <laughs> well, I just, I just wanted to say, I kind of agree with it. I really do agree with what Amanda's saying there about Brown Turner. I, and would you be surprised? She brought basically Abby Myers in for one year, and Abby Myers got 30 minutes, 14, almost 15 points a game. Do you think I could very easily see in Jakiah Brown Turner mm -hmm. filling that role and getting, you know, 30 minutes a game and get her scoring going up to 14, 15 points a game and filling that Abby Myers role? Their big thing is can't, how do they fill that role that Diamond Miller had? I mean, you're that's 20 points a game, six rebounds, all Big Ten. Just, you know, where that that's what I think, you know, the, a little bit of committee, but again, you know, Brenda Freeze has shown that she can plug, you know, and, and I think Amanda brings up a good point. Um, there's, there's been a lot of roster turnover there in the last couple of years, but they really, as far as making the tournament being tough, I mean, they advanced deep as deep in the tournament last year, almost as anybody in the big 10. And, you know, so it, it, that's, and that's kind of what matters. So, you know, I, I, until I see different, I'm going to believe Brenda freeze knows what she's doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I think, um, you know, I, I kind of equated to how Michigan State often gets the Izzo effect that we hear about. I think Brenda Freeze gets that for Maryland as well and well-earned and well-deserved for sure. But that is a lot of production to backfill for those two two players. So I, I agree with your your thoughts, Jeff, Will that it's going to be by committee. Yes, I think we're going to see an improvement from Cheyenne Sellers. But, yep. you know, she was already averaging 14 points per game last year. Um so, you know, is she going to all of a sudden double that? I doubt it, right? You know, maybe she'll be closer to that 20 like Diamond Miller was, but you still have the 14 points that Abby Myers was was getting. And, you know, if you look at the rest of the people coming back, you have Faith Masonis, who is right around seven points per game, Lavender Briggs around seven points per game, Br uh, Brene Alexander at nine points per game. So then the other expectation is not only do you have your NC State transfer coming in um, with Brown Turner, but you have to have at least one of those step up in their points production to, to backfill that. So I think to your point, I think it's going to be a lot of um, by committee as well. Anything else from either of you two on the roster or should we talk about their schedule that they have? Let's look at the schedule. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So let's, let's highlight some of their, their games here and their non-conference. So on November 12th at, they are going to South Carolina who is currently ranked number first game eight. of the year. First game of the year. Oh, that's great. their good. That's their first game of the year. I mean, we think about that. <laughs> that's the very first. Okay, so maybe an exhibition or two before that, and then yeah, right that, into it. Saying, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, November sixteenth, they go to UConn, who is currently number two. On the nineteenth, they have um, Syracuse. On the twenty third, they have um, Mexico, who is currently ranked number twenty. No, so they're that's playing, they're, it's Washington State. They're playing Wazoo, Washington State, and Mexico. That's a game. Oh, in I see. City. Okay. Washington state and Mexico. Got I'm it. sorry. I, I thought you, I thought you, I, I used the old wazoo reference for Washington state. And yeah. Wazoo Washington. They're playing Washington state who is. I had no idea what wazoo was referring to. Washington state. My bad. My bad. I, when I put the run sheet together, but yeah, but that's again, another preseason top 25 team. That's all right. Yeah, got it. And that's going to be in Mexico, the country, Mexico. You're, yeah. I was thinking you meant like New Mexico. Yeah, that's a, it's a tournament. <laughs> okay, down that's in, interesting. Okay. It, it's a tournament down in Cancun. It's it's a four, it's like a four okay. team or eighteen tournament down in Cancun. Nice, awesome. Okay, so um, Jeff, why don't you go first here? Then on the schedule, um, on the non-conference part of it, then. Hey, Brenda <laughs> so Freeze, like go big or go down. home. <laughs> right? Go big or go home. We're going to start out with the with uh, South Carolina, who you know, coming off a a run to the you know to the final four last year and won the title the year before. You got UConn, who is historically what they are. And I saw the stat today. What was it? Five hundred and thirty-five straight weeks. Now they've been ranked in the top twenty-five. Oh, you know, I mean, it, and and that, that ties Tennessee's record for the all-time longest streak. But anyway, so but in Paige Becker's being back, so you're going and like within four days, you play at South Carolina on the twelfth. You go to Stores or Hartford, I assume Stores on the sixteenth. And then a few days later, you're home with Syracuse. And Syracuse, according to Charlie Cream a month ago, was one of the first four he, one of the first four out for him. So they're a bubble team. And then, like I said, Washington State playing down there in Mexico, and they're a preseason top twenty-five. So uh, she, you're, like I said, you're going to find out a lot about Maryland in that non-conference. Yeah, real quick, Amanda, anything you want to add? I mean, <laughs> talk about <laughs> right. Talk about throwing them into the fire. Like, if you, you look at your schedule and you see you have South Carolina and then you have UConn, like, obviously there are other good teams that they're going to be playing, but, like, that is intimidating. And that that's a lot, I think. And, obviously, like, they, they're going to be prepared for it as best they can. Um, but that's that's really tough, and especially for a team that is kind of not – like I like I said, I don't want to say, like, rebuilding, but, like, they haven't – it's not like they're super yeah. full of chemistry and they've been playing together for years. We don't really know what they're going to look like. So I'm very, very interested. I think it is, I mean, they're obviously going to be tested probably to the most extreme point that they will be the entire season. Um, but it also gives the team a really good and early opportunity to learn exactly what they need to work on because they're playing some of the best teams. And so I think that could make them, like depending on how it goes, it could make them a really big threat later on down the line because they can look back at playing these top level teams and realize kind of what, what happened and what they did well and what they did wrong and use that to, to go up against other opponents, which, you know, you look at, you're like, Oh, well they lost to South Carolina and UConn. They can't be like that great. 
but then they can take those losses and learn from them, which could make them kind of like a, a backdoor threat in the future, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and, and it's not like it's going to get easier for them and they get to conference play either. Right. I mean, we just, again, we talked about the rankings coming out, uh, take it for what it's worth without a single ball going through the hoop yet, but you know, the big 10 starting out with three teams in the top 10 and you still got as well. Um, Maryland themselves is ranked, but you have Illinois that's up there or Michigan, depending on the other, the other polls that you have. So it's not like they get to conference play and now they can kind of say, Oh good. Now we're in this week conference. No big 10 is one of the best conferences anymore. And they got double plays with Illinois, Ohio state and um, Indiana. So again, it's not like they, they jump into conference play and then they can kind of sit back and relax. So they're, they're going from, you know, very beginning to the very end with just an incredible schedule. So hopefully they're gelling real quick, I guess, for, for Brenda freeze. Jeff, any thoughts on the conference schedule you want to add? Yeah, I, I, I'll go with this part of it too. And, and again, we talked last week with with Kyle a little bit. You know, there are not necessarily any t- easy schedules in the Big Ten if you're going to be a contender. But boy, Maryland didn't get any breaks by having to go play IU twice, Maryland twice, or excuse me, Ohio State twice, and Illinois that we think is going to be in the mix at least as far as being in that top five. They're playing them twice. Um, I, the other part about their conference schedule, you look at it now. These are not consecutive games in a row. But these are the, the the tough games they have at the back end, all kind of on the road. They go, they play Iowa in College Park on February third, and, and actually I go back to January thirty first. They 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 have a well. Let me start over. They they have a run where they start on January seventeenth against Ohio State in College Park. They play Illinois three days later in College Park, and then Indiana comes to College Park on the 31st of January, and then Iowa comes on the 3rd. So they got a nice little stretch there where, again, if they're playing like they're capable at home, they can get themselves into a nice little situation where they're going to be in the mix. But then they finish the the four toughest games they have after that are all on the road at Illinois on February 11th, at Ohio State on the 25th, and or the last three and then the, and then on the third at indiana so you know if they're kind of you know you know if they're kind of hanging on to that third or fourth spot come february 11th boy that's a tough road for them to kind of hold on to you know one of those top four you know we talk about the big 10 term a little bit you know to hold on to that double buy to where you don't have to play till friday so you know that schedule they've got a chance to get themselves in position but if they don't let's say they lose to osu at home they lose to indiana at home they lose to iowa at home boy that they get a real grind at the end with at illinois at ohio state and at iu with those tougher games yeah i I agree and you know those home games then just become even more monumentally important for them for a number of reasons again we already mentioned their brutal non-conference schedule. Um, they're going to have to get some wins at home for sure in yeah. the conference. You know, like we've we've talked about, if you want to have any chance of you know finishing anywhere in the top three um, or in this, you know, like we're projecting them more top four. I think after looking more at their schedule, that top four finish feels about right for them um, with all the unknowns we have. But Amanda, any other thoughts in general on on Maryland where you see them fitting in the Big Ten, their schedule, or anything else on your mind about them? Yeah, I think um, about the schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if that last stretch, those away games end up being really, really important because I feel like they always are for most of the Big Ten teams just because that's how the Big Ten schedule plays out. And that's especially with a team like Maryland, there's always going to be something at stake. I think um, my take on them is kind of what we've been talking about. Brenda Freeze is Brenda Freeze, and I think she knows what she's doing, and I think that they're going to be very competitive probably not like at the the top, like we've been talking about, but they're going to be really good. And they're going to, I think they're going to take some games that people might not expect them to take. Like they beat Iowa last year that, you know, something like that is probably going to happen again because that's the kind of team that they are. They're going to compete really, really hard. They obviously want to compete hard by playing teams like South Carolina and UConn. So I'm just excited to see what they look like without some of their stable players that we've been used to seeing in the last few years. Um, but I think they're going to be very solid like they always have been. And Kathy, I'll throw this in here and, and see whether Amanda agrees too. and get your thoughts. You know, it's, it's like I said, I believe in Brenda Freeze. I, I think Brenda Freeze is a great, is an excellent, really good coach, Hall of Fame type coach. But you also kind of get that feeling that to a certain degree, the league has finally caught up to Maryland. Maryland, when they first came into the Big Ten, was the bully on the yeah. block. You know, they, and yeah. I mean, they were just pounding everybody. 
everybody had to get better. If you wanted to compete with them, you had to get better. And Indiana and Iowa and Ohio State and others have done that. And so, but they're still, like Amanda said, you're not shocked if somebody goes in, like Amanda said, Iowa, and Kyle talked about this. Not only did Maryland beat Iowa last year in college park, they blew them out. Yep. So, yeah. Again, that was last year, but I'm just saying that's that, that's the advantage of being right. that team in College Park. But this is the same conversation I remember having last year about Maryland. Uh, you know, they had some newer people coming in, and how are right. they going to gel yep. together? And then, you know, they go in and blow Mar- um, Iowa out of the the water, and ended up finishing fourth last year as well, and yep. then made that really deep run in the the tournament. So. Uh, History is on Brenda Fries' side for sure. She's uh, taken teams before that have had unknown players and uh, not knowing how they fit, and somehow she manages to get them fit together. Um, Well, the other team we've mentioned quite a bit here tonight already is Illinois. So let's uh, move on and kind of dive a little deeper into Illinois. So they were, in terms of uh, Big Ten ranking, they were fifth by the coaches preseason, um, not by the media. The media actually picked Michigan on that side. They did get a, an honorable mention from one of the top 25 polls. I think it was the AP poll as well, the tw- top 25 bit. Um, uh, so they, they were they were 23rd in the one poll. They were um, t- they came out today. They were 23rd in the AP poll. Okay, so it was not just honorable mention. So yeah. okay. So the, the, it's keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's, it's, this is a team okay. that we, this is going to be an interesting team to talk about. Yeah. They, so they're kind of opposite. So Maryland, we were talking about, Oh, well, they've lost through their starters and they've got this new transfer coming in um, quite the opposite for Illinois. Very stable. They return everyone who started last year, except for Juan. Um, that sounds weird to say it that way, but they started seven different players last year. So of the people that started, six of the seven are coming back. And I found an article that somebody calculated that it's actually 82% of their production in every statistical category from last year is coming back. So now you have very opposite. So I'll just name, uh, you know, a couple, uh, Makura Cook, um, Adelia McKenzie and Genesis Bryant. Um, so Amanda, why don't you go first again? Uh, you know, again, you can talk about any of those three or anybody else. I mean, there's quite the plethora of players coming back that you could probably pick to, to talk about. Right. I feel like I keep saying this, that I'm just like excited to see everybody play again because I am, I remember watching Illinois and seeing Makira Cook on the floor and just watching her. I was like, who is this person? And was she is so good. What is happening right now? Because it was, Illinois was one of those teams last year that a lot of people just kind of overlooked because they have not been something that's like super, super special in the past and Shauna Green coming in and kind of having to rebuild all of this. Um, and so I just, Makira Cook, I think she hit like a whole bunch of threes against Indiana when they came to assembly <laughs> hall. And I was just sitting there like, okay, they're good. They know what they're doing. And so I, I think this season for her is going to be huge. And I think she's going to be a really key factor and has a lot of high expectations around her. I was reading something that, um, I don't remember who wrote it, but they wouldn't be surprised if she got up in conversations for like conference player of the year and things like that because of how talented she was. She led the team. She had 18 points per game and like 4.2 assists per game and had a really, really good season. And I think put she helped put Illinois like on the map and helped them get where they where they got to in the NCAA tournament. And I think that momentum is going to carry them super far this yeah. year. Um, and she's just really fun to watch. And I, yeah. I just really enjoy watching her play. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Yeah. She was first team all big 10 last year. So there's no reason to think that she couldn't potentially follow that up this year. And, and you mentioned Shauna green. So Jeff, maybe, um, as a former coach, I'll throw it to you. And now we have the contrast of the, the, the coaches too. Maryland, very proven coach, um, with, with Maryland, with Brenda, um, freeze. And then here we have Shauna green is coming into her second year with Illinois. So, you know, what are your kind of thoughts? You know, I, I get here a lot of, a lot of respect of Shauna green and what she's, she's doing there in Illinois, but what are your thoughts overall on the, the, the coaching for, for Illinois? Uh, I think Shauna green's one of those that for those of us who kind of paid attention to, to her a little bit. And like I said, being in the women's game, when I was coaching high school ball, she'd been at date, she'd been dating for a while. She, you know, she'd been good coach at Dayton. It was well-respected. The Flyers were a team that was routinely in the NCAA tournament or the women's in it. Um, and so a lot of respect for, I thought Illinois made a good hire. I didn't know they'd be as good as they end up being her first year. And I think they've got, she's got the real chance to take them into in a place where they'll be consistently. And we're going to talk about them in the top five of the league every year. But I am also one that sometimes 
you know, I'm not trying to diss the Illini, but if she does have enough success at Illinois, a bigger blue blood women's program, I think will come looking at her down the line. And it will be hard to say you're going to see her there 20 years from now. Um, right. You know, and, and so, but, but I, I, I respect a lot of what Shauna Green's doing. Now, I only think concern about Illinois this year is was last year one of those things, new coach and they had, yeah. and, and McCure Cook had come in with her from Dayton. And so did they kind of catch people surprised? You know, they kind of, you know, we were, oh, it's Illinois. We don't ever, you know, we don't have to play as hard. We don't, you know, and I know co- people say they, they don't take anybody lightly. I get that. But we, but when you've been used we to Illinois reality. being at the bottom half of the big 10 and, and thinking, ah, you know, they beat Iowa at mm-hmm. Illinois last year, shocked them in the, in the state farm center. Um, so maybe it, will they not catch people by surprise this year? And will that be an issue for them in some of these games that they have? And we're going to talk about their schedule a little bit here in a little bit, but I'm talking about a lot of maybe here in a little bit, but I, that's my only thing. And so can Shauna Green keep them from kind of having that backwards, not a slide, but can she keep it from being, you know, going backwards to seventh, eighth place that sometimes just happens in that second year? Yeah, that's that's for me the the question for Illinois because definitely flew under the radar last year coming mm. into Big Ten season. I would say. I mean, I know we definitely um, didn't expect them to to come and finish where they did um, last year, but they're not they're not going to be like that this year. Everyone knows, you know, they Shauna Green's there. She's got, as we mentioned, all of these players returning. They know about Makira Cook and what she's bringing. They know about Adalia McKenzie and, you know, the fact that she, you know, uh, put up 14 points and six rebounds for them last year. And, um, Genesis Bryant who averaged 15 points per game, they're not going to be surprised by the personnel. Um, so I, I wonder how then they'll be able to react to that and, um, to, to answer that call because, you know, they're not going to be able to come in and, and kind of shock people. But Amanda, what are your thoughts on that, that kind of angle of the Illinois story? Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing because that is the risk when you have so many people returning and especially so many people who were so important to the success of the team is that you have these teams that have played against you and can like kind of replicate those scouting reports and kind of do it all over again, if you will, this year. And obviously people are going to make improvements over the offseason on both sides, but it, it does put Illinois in a kind of a unique situation because there aren't a lot of questions about what their team is going to look like, assuming that they're going to play the same way. And you never know, maybe, maybe Sean Green, maybe they're all working on playing a completely new strategy that nobody's seen before. But realistically, that's probably not the case because right. everybody is coming back. And so it, it is an interesting part of it that I think maybe not a lot of people are really thinking about a whole lot because it's so exciting that they have so many good players returning and they're expected to be so good. But you do have to take that into consideration, especially in a conference like the Big Ten, where you have so many experienced coaches and so many experienced players that are able to make these adjustments mid-season when they play a team for the second time. So they can definitely make those adjustments when they play them the next season. Right. So I think it is yeah. it is interesting. I did want to point out, I'm excited. They got a transfer from NC State, Camille Hobby, and Genesis Bryant used to play at NC State and apparently was a really big part in getting Hobby to come to Illinois. And I don't know a whole lot about either of them per se, but I'm excited to see, like, it's going to be cool if they get to play each other, play with each other again and see maybe that can add something new that people aren't expecting to see because they haven't played against them before because obviously they played in NC State together and not at Illinois yet. I think the other thing that jumps out at me when you look at their roster, Kathy, is they're a little bit undersized. You you look at Makira Cook at 5'6", yeah. outstanding player, don't get me wrong. But and and then Adela McKenzie is five ten, Genesis Bryant five six, even Kendall Bostic, a kid from Indiana, Northwestern High School, um, is an undersized post player. But she was one of the best rebounders in the Big Ten last year. But still, they're undersized. So when they get up against some of the bigger teams in the league, I wonder if they'll be those coaches will have a little better idea of how to play them. Now there are advantages to being the smaller team, and and last year Shauna Green used those to their advantage. But I'll be interested to see if the teams that have bigger personnel, the Iowas, the the Indianas, the Ohio States, the Maryland's, how how they fare against, and even to a certain degree, um, uh, Michigan, Purdue, those schools in that five, six, seven range as well, how they they play Illinois this year compared to how they play them last year. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And, um, I don't know much about the transfer coming in. Amanda is, do you know what position she is expecting to play for them? She's a center. She's a fifth year. Um, she, I think she had the the best season of her career last year, apparently, um, averaged just under 10 points per game and under five rebounds per game. Um, so I think she's a pretty solid, a pretty solid player from what I could tell. Yeah, so maybe that's where why they brought her in then is to add the size to to Jeff's point. So, yep. well, let's touch on their schedule then. So the headliner for their non-conference schedule is on November 18th. Again, pretty early into the season, and they're going to be playing Notre Dame in Washington D.C. Notre Dame is currently ranked number 11. Um, outside of that, um, I didn't really see a whole lot that jumped out to me on their non-conference schedule. How about either of you? No, and that's I think that's that is where they are going to need a good Big Ten season, in my opinion. Yeah. They don't have a chance to build up a lot of net pa- net points or anything, whatever how you would talk about it in terms of being that at large bid. So if they do kind of backslide into the sixth, seventh, you know, eighth position of the Big Ten, now all of a sudden I think you're talking about them being in that bubble of first four in, first four out, just because they aren't they, there's nothing in their preseason, their non-conference season outside of Notre Dame now. You beat Notre Dame, and that's going to look really good, but there's just not enough of those type of games. But I'm sure Shauna Green's thinking, my program's not ready for what, what Brenda Freeze is doing. I, I, <laughs> Who I, is? I, 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 well, you know, to a certain degree, Terry Morin has not been afraid to play. But again, it's right. you know, but you build there. You don't do that in your second year. And and so yeah. I can see where she's thinking, what she's thinking about scheduling. But no, there was really nobody else that jumped out on their non-conference schedule for no. me. What about you, Amanda? Yeah, I don't – Notre Dame was the big one. Um, I do think it was, and on, in my opinion, a smart move by Shauna Green not to schedule a whole bunch of top opponents because her team is still relatively new, I guess you could say, just to – like, and that's the hard part with a conference like the Big Ten where you have these teams that are going out and scheduling top five opponents for non-conference, and then you just don't have the facilities to really be able to compete at that level yet, and then you have to rely on playing – you're playing really well in your conference. And so it's kind of, it's, it's hard to match up at at times when the programs are as successful as Illinois was last year, still can't quite match up to the the Iowa's and the Maryland's and even the Indiana's at this point. So I think you kind of have to take it all with a little bit of a grain of salt, but the the Notre Dame game is going to be really big for them. And then obviously conference is going to be super important. Yeah, so <clears throat> absolutely. And that'll be an interesting storyline, I think, as we watch Shauna Green's co- career for however long she is with Illinois to see if we start seeing that non-conference schedule get a little bit more um, Marylandized. <laughs> I'm going to make that a word now. Okay. Um, on the Big Ten side, uh, they have double plays in ter- with the top 10, the top expected teams, two with us, with Indiana, and two with Maryland. Um so that's it for their double plays in terms of the top four. So they, they don't get Iowa twice. They don't play Ohio state twice. Um, so kind of going to the end of their schedule, uh, let's see. So kind of starting in February, they do go to Purdue on the fifth. They have Maryland at home on the 11th. They have Indiana coming in on the 19th. They go to Iowa on the 25th. And then on March 3rd, they do go to Nebraska. And again, we haven't necessarily covered Nebraska, but I think they're going to be right up there in that top, you know, six, five, six range, like maybe even battling Illinois out for that, you know, area of the, the definitely in the top half of the, the conference. So you don't know what you're going to get with them yet either. So kind of backloaded. So they don't have a whole lot of double plays, but you know, they do have a lot of the harder games there mm-hmm. coming down the road in February. Any thoughts on the schedule, Jeff, that you want to kind of throw in on the big 10 schedule? No, but I agree with you. And in one team that we didn't mention, they play twice as Nebraska. And for them, that may be huge because especially come Big Ten time, Big Ten Conference Tournament uh, seating and even maybe getting into the NCAA Tournament because, you know, I don't think any of us would be shocked if Nebraska actually plays better than they did. We all thought Nebraska was going to be that fourth, fifth team last yeah. year, that they were going to be that team that would yeah. kind of get into the top fifth top five and they didn't really play to that level they had some injuries they injuries. didn't, they didn't yeah. quite gel but i don't think anybody would be surprised if, if if nebraska jumps into that conversation of being number five or six team and so those those, those two games with nebraska and especially that last game in champagne that might be for conference tournament seating or possibly even ncaa tournament seating type game 
Yeah, absolutely. So don't Amanda, overlook don't overlook Nebraska is all I'm trying to say yeah. for Illinois. Absolutely. Amanda, any any additional thoughts you want to add on their conference schedule? I think you guys pretty much covered it. I mean, again, it's the the last day of the regular season. I feel like there's always stuff to to talk about and there's always the possibility yeah. that everything's gonna be up for grabs. And the Big Ten is the Big Ten and we can say it as much as we want. And any team, any win over any Big Ten team is is big. So, you know, you get, if you're, if you're Illinois, you just got to go into it with that and try to be as dominant as you can and kind of hope for the best in a way. Right. Absolutely. So, so that kind of rounds out our overview now of what we expect to be the top um, four of the top five teams. We haven't done an in-depth look of our own team, Indiana yet, but Amanda, um, I don't know if you've listened to what Jeff and I've been saying, but we kind of project actually for our projections, we have Ohio State's. And then Indiana or Iowa at that number two and three spot, Maryland, and then Illinois, which is why we, we kind of picked them. And then, I don't know, Jeff, I think we've kind of sort of slotted Nebraska in at that nine, number six-ish slot. Yeah, um, and Purdue. I mean, Purdue yeah. is in there. Oh, so Purdue. You know, we, yeah, yeah, in my opinion, I think Michigan's being a little bit <coughs> – you know, again, Michigan fans listening probably might come back, throw this back at me later in the season. <laughs> I think Michigan's being overrated a little bit. I'm not sure where that, that – preseason rankings coming from but um yeah so we're talking about like illinois and nebraska purdue kind of being in that five six seven but we both like i said amanda our, our thought process we think at least on paper ohio state's the team to be yeah 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 so I, what are I your thoughts? yeah where do you I, kind of have I that agree top with that. five six yeah yeah i'd say so ohio state and then let me try to keep this straight in my head um i would go i, I put iowa um and then probably indiana behind them um and then what was it what did you we had maryland Maryland. yes we just talked about maryland that's yeah um (laughs) i would agree with all kinds of names at you (laughs) right so all of them um i I do maryland and then maybe illinois i'm not not totally sure maybe nebraska maybe like flip-flop those two um i'm i'm pretty high on purdue being up Mm. there being competitive because of how that program is being built and just yeah. the, the way that they're growing um so i think they're gonna be like a decent a decent threat um yeah that's and then maybe like michigan in around purdue um but i think it's pretty i think the top like three are pretty solid it's like yeah I think ohio so state too. iowa indiana and maybe they're gonna switch up at some point but those are like the the big three to look out for yeah yeah My- I, I- Sorry, Kathy. I just yeah, to me, ahead. it always comes down for our listeners, I, and for those in the workaholics. For me, if you want to be a contender to win the league, and that to me is Ohio State, Indiana, Iowa, um, you got to win your home games. You got to yeah. win those games at home. I know upsets happen, but you know the best you can. Excuse me. You got to go nine and zero, eight and one. And then it's however many you can steal on the road. The more you steal, the better chance you got to win in the league. But if you if you struggle at home, if you're seven and two. I just I think it's hard to win the league unless you just all of a sudden become a real road jo- road warrior team when you go eight and one on the road. I mean, it's that's tough. And and you look yeah. back to last year, Indiana did that. They pretty yep. much ran the table at right. home. Yeah, they did. They only lost the two games last year. So that's a, a thanks, Jeff. It's like you set me in that. We haven't talked about this, but my where I wanted to go next was what are we kind of expecting in terms of record for whoever that conference champion is? I, I feel like the conference is deeper this year. Last year did it, um, excuse me, last year Indiana did it and they only lost two games. I feel like whoever wins the conference this year are probably going to have more than two losses. I, I don't know a whole lot more, maybe three or four, I think is you're going to have to stay around that area. But I do feel like with as deep as the the conferences this year, I think you're going to see those top three have some kind of unexpected loss, most likely on the road. But that's my initial thought. I don't think that we see only two losses from a single team. But um, Amanda, what are your thoughts on that theory? Um, I completely agree. I think with the way that the conference is shaping up, if any team is able to, to get away with two, even maybe just three losses, um, I would be surprised because I would think that would either mean that they're super fantastic and better than anybody expected, or they kind of got lucky and maybe some teams didn't play as, as good against them as they played against other teams and like that kind of thing. Because there are so many teams that you could talk about that can be threats against really any other team that they're playing that. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to see maybe a few more upsets, maybe at least a few more, close games that could be a win or a loss, just something that's a little bit more unexpected because of the amount of talent 
that's all across the conference now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Amanda. I agree with you too, Kathy. I think that uh, last year there really was a kind of a, a real divide. The top seven or so in the big 10 were just better than the other seven. And they really did lose those games for the most part. You look at the teams that were at the top, IU, Iowa, Ohio state, um, uh, Maryland, they didn't lose to really the teams in the bottom five, six of the league. So, but this year, I think the league's a little deeper. I think that the chance for the top nine, maybe to be at least not saying they're nine teams going to be to the NCAA tournament, but they're going to be competitive enough that they can win a game at home against one of those top teams. I'm going to say 14 and four wins the league. I, yeah. I, I agree with you guys. I think 14 and four wins the league. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking in that <clears throat> four yeah. loss range. So, um, so with that, last year we did have obviously a number one seed going into the the NCAA tournament. Do we think that the Big Ten will have another team get another number one seed? And if you think so, who? I didn't. By the way, Amanda, I didn't give Jeff any of these questions either. So okay. I know I showed you the rest. <laughs> Kathy's, like, Kathy's I know. Really. Like, Hold on. <laughs> um, I think they could get two. But it would have to be a really almost perfect scenario for an IU, Ohio State, Iowa to get two of those to be two of those teams. Two. I think it's one. I think one team gets a number one. If I had to go out on a limb right now, I'd say it's Ohio State. Yeah, that's the same for me. I I, I think Ohio State's going to get a, end up winning the conference, getting number one seed, and then I think whoever comes in second, um, probably gets a number two seed. That's my my kind of thoughts right now, but. Amanda, do you feel differently or, or do you think we end up beating up on each other too much in the Big Ten and we get no number one seeds? No, I would be I, I would be surprised if there wasn't a number one seed, kind of just because it's the Big Ten. And I don't know if, you know, obviously teams can beat up on each other, but I don't know how much in the long run that would affect right. handing out that number one seed, especially given the past two years and the success that has come out of the conference. Um maybe this is me being just like a little bit hopeful of two number one seeds and maybe Indiana can like slide in there to get the other one, depending on how the season goes, because I mean, people are, they're, everyone's really high on them. And like, obviously this isn't like an Indiana episode, but things like they're, they're ready. They're ready to go. They are as confident as I have ever seen them. Um, and so I think if this was a year for them to get another number one seed, you know, nah. don't rule it yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think right now, if and I know we want the team to advance. the The better your 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 seating, the better chance you got to get to the final eight, final four. But I think right now we just want to make sure. If as an IU fan, somebody who's on a podcast, I just want to make sure they're a top four seat because you're going to host yeah, that those first two rounds. I want to be hosting at home because then after you get to that second weekend, then it just becomes so much about matchups. And so you could be the one seed and draw a two, uh, eventually a two seed that you don't match up with. We saw this a couple of years ago when they they had, they had a chance to make a really yeah. deep run, but they end up matched up with UConn in the Sweet Sixteen. Yep. You know, so yeah. you know, you know, but that home, those first two games at home to me, you just got to make sure you you position yeah. yourself for that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, those are all the non-scripted questions I just came I love up you, with. Gabby. That's awesome. <laughs> um, let's maybe wrap it up then if we have any final thoughts. And Amanda, as our, our um, special guest tonight, why don't you go first? Any last-minute thoughts on anything we've talked about tonight? Headlines, the two teams we covered, Indiana's prospects, the, the conference as a whole, whatever you want to take us out on. I I just think the, the Big Ten is continuing to – be such a force in women's basketball and you know there are all of these storylines and all of these really talented players and all of these really good coaches that you know and all the coaches are saying it that you know they're one of the top conferences if not the top conference in the country now and we just keep seeing more and more proof for that because there are more and more things to talk about you know we're mm -hmm. not just talking about the couple teams at the top anymore and the few really good players like there there's so much that you can go into and we were doing an hour episode on two teams that are you know like maybe fourth fourth or fifth in the in the conference and so i think it just speaks to the level that women's basketball is as a whole now in in college basketball and it's it's really exciting and it's really good to see and it sets up all of these athletes and all of these conferences and all of the teams for just a really exciting season and um you know the the big 10 is what it is and it's just it's going to be it's going to be a good time for everybody i think Yep, absolutely. Jeff, what are your final thoughts? Well, I was going to follow up with Amanda's first. You know, think about this, and I'm, I don't want to, you know, overlook this year. Think about next year. 
when you UCLA and USC especially come into the league yeah. and you also bring in an Oregon team that has in the last few years been pretty good had one of the best players in the country you know and maybe of all time playing there in Sabrina Ionescu I mean this league's only going to get better and tougher in next year yeah. so but I, I think that's all part of that process that Amanda's talking about the, the league is now I think seen at least right now it's the best women's basketball league in the country top to bottom um I know S, I know the SEC with South Carolina LSU may be it, it, kind of the, the the darlings of the polls and have won national titles the last couple of years let's give them that, that give them that but as far as the depth of the league I think the, the Big Ten is definitely there um I, I'm just ready to get some games going you know we still got a couple more shows before season starts but boy i'm just looking forward to seeing the hoosiers play yeah absolutely so we got hoosier hysteria this friday so that's good so for those of you who haven't yet make sure you renew your big 10 plus subscription um and and keep it the whole year and uh, be ready to go with your peacock subscription as well so you can get all the games so yes hey, amanda are you covering uh hoosier hysteria friday i am so yeah looking- i will be there so do you know who gucci main is Yes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to go to that part. I think I'll stick in the press room or go home. Uh, been, that's not my scene, but I've, I've been kind of the assembly on the assembly calls pod, you know, the show that I've been kind of that, like who's Gucci man. Cause I'm the old guy that has no clue who it is, <laughs> but, but I'm not the person they're trying to attract to who's your, who's your nope. with, with, right. with Gucci man. So, no. but I just, I had to ask, so, 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 <laughs> I, I, I've been giving me a hard time over the assembly call. <laughs> yeah so jeff you want to hit us with a little bob thompson music and then i'll talk about what's next and take us out Awesome. All right. Well, um, coming up next, our next programming notes as of right now, we are planning to go back to our normal night of Wednesday night next week, October 25th at um, eight o'clock Eastern, seven central. So our normal time, and we will continue our um, in-depth previews of all of our teams with one that we're probably hopefully most familiar with, and that'll be Indiana. So looking forward to, to really taking us back in depth to, to look at the team, to see what we may have forgotten for last year, if anything, and what we might expect from them this year. Um, on the men's side, we have our assembly call um, coming up tomorrow as always, and keep an eye out for Crimson Cast. Amanda is going to be back with her women's basketball podcast there, and I'm sure she's got some new and exciting stuff coming for us this year. So um, love what you do over there, Amanda. It's, it's a great, I think, compliment to what Jeff and I do with our post-game show, and then Excellent. you're doing more of a high level wrap up. So I think it's a great Thank compliment you. to each other on the back home network. So thanks for bringing that back for us. Um, For all of you, though, listening, um, thank you very much for being here. If you're here live, if you'd like to see us live and be part of that live chat that chat that we have, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. Jeff mentioned an an article from Ari earlier in the podcast. I'm talking about a lot of our women's fall sports going on right now. If you want to hear about those article or read those articles or have other great conversation, we have our nice community at assemblycall.com slash community. And Kathy, I I, I just wanted to, I wanted to add something there. You know, again, we're not the assembly call guys, but be ready for them because they had one on the weekend with Liam McNeely's announcement. So if you want to follow the men, if you follow men's basketball, as well as the women's team, like with us, be ready, you know, to join the community is a great way to find out when they do those emergency podcasts for, you know, recruiting announcements like Liam, Liam McNeely, Boogie Fland is going to announce on Friday. So, you know, fingers crossed, but, you know, just to kind of shout out to those guys over assembly call and to, and, and to Jared and the people who run the website, Ari, that, you know, there's a lot of great stuff in there that you can get content to if you join. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design, who designed our logo that you see on our show. A big thank you to Bob Thompson, who uh, made the music for us that you heard a little bit throughout the show. Um, Huge thanks to Amanda again for joining us. I'm hoping we'll be able to to talk you into coming into some post-game shows again. That was a lot of fun with you last year. Um, so hopefully we haven't scared you off tonight by all of my um, random questions. And <laughs> thanks most of all to everyone who's out there watching or listening. We'll be back to talk hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your eye, um, your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. All right.
Nice. Well, Amanda, it's been really great to have you again. How did my internet yeah. do? I felt like it, it it didn't freeze up too much. Nope, you were good. It was good. Okay. A little bit of a lag, good. I think. On, I think you had a little bit of a lag, so that was fine. That was better for you to host that way. Yeah, perfect. Because we could kind of we could kind of feed off of your your cues and stuff rather than you know like me trying to talk over you if I was hosting right. or whatever. So, Amanda, when does there, do you do a are you doing a podcast right now or are you gonna, or, or when do you start your podcast back up? Yeah, so it's going to get started um, next week. I have a co-host this year, um, and so he and I are um, working on getting things going. It's going to be um, the podcast studio at the media school just put cameras in, and so mm -hmm. we're going to get to go into the studio and like do it in person and have it be nice. like video and audio, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to get going. I think we're planning on recording the first episode sometime later next week, at, like after Hoosier Hysteria and everything, um, yep. and then that'll get going when the season starts. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Appreciate it. Cool. Yep. All thanks right. for joining well, us. Thanks. Tonight. All yeah. right. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I will I'm more than happy to come on post game shows and stuff with you guys in the future. So just let me know. Yeah, Sounds absolutely. Great. Yeah. And if you All ever right. need help on your show with your yep. co-host or whatever, we are happy yeah. to jump over there anytime too. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. All right, man. Have a All good right. evening. Thank All you right. too. Bye. Bye everybody. Bye.